And Christy with you in the Live Lounge until 7pm this evening. Coming up, the next voices you'll hear will be friends, colleagues and band members of Francis Cowley Anglin Buttermore. Local legend on the island music scene for many decades. Producer, musician, sound engineer, thoroughly lovely soul and very, very funny man. Who, as you'll hear actually changed the lives of many people he came into contact with, guiding them in their careers, encouraging and supporting them in many different ways. He passed away last week after a long illness, but my word, does he leave a lasting and wonderful legacy, as you'll hear over the next 30 minutes or so. Some of the speakers you're about to hear do introduce themselves and some don't, but I will give you a list of the contributors after the tribute. We start, though, with a voice that many of you will know over here, and in fact around the world, Martin Brunschweiler from Bushies, followed by singer and songwriter Christine Collister. Whenever you heard that Anglin Buttermore was going to be involved um, with a gig, whether he was playing or whether he was doing the sound and mixing the uh, mixing the desk, you just knew it was going to be a quality evening. You know that the uh, the, the sound and the um, standard of playing was going to be second to none. And I think everybody knew. You know, as soon as Anglin was involved with with a gig, it was going to be done properly. He was just such a great all-rounder, as I said, being a, a talented, uh, such a talented piano player and in all the different bands. From that to mixing for all the other bands, some of the biggest names in the world he worked uh, with. And uh, everybody just had such huge respect. I suppose it was also his modesty in the fact that he, uh, despite being so talented, he, he had so much time and he was so patient with youngsters and... Uh, nurturing uh, young talent in kids who obviously didn't have his natural ability but he he would just always offer words of encouragement you could just see him all the time being so uh, being so uh, patient anglin's sort of history seems to be intertwined with the bushies um, story because he just seems to have been there at all the important uh, or the significant junctures of our history i mean for instance he was uh, it was anglin in the band night shift who, uh, golly, it was like Charlie Cannell and uh, Brenda Cannell was there and George Hughes and uh, I think Straps Jacken might have been there as well. Anyway, between them, they were the first band to play in the old Bushies, or it would have been Chivago's back then, in the old concert room. And uh, from then, you know, obviously Anglin played many times, uh, often with his brother Simon, who we, we also miss. Then when the, when the pub finally closed in, um, in 1998, it was Anglin's band, The Bar Toads, with Simon and Roger. They were playing the first band to play over at the bottleneck uh, for the TT, you know, the Bushies TT tent. And uh, yeah, again, he played many, many times. 
He was also uh, in the first band to play um, down at the, when the Bay reopened back in 2001 in Port Erin. You know, just he just seemed to be in my in my history certainly in the right place at the right time, and it was always a pleasure to see him, uh, just to see him perform and uh, see him in action. He was, as I said, he was very modest, and he, coming from South Wales, he, he often used to joke that um, anyone of a certain age coming from uh, that part of the world would have uh, would have played with uh, Shaking Stevens, who obviously made it very big back in the 80s. But sure enough, if you look on the uh, on, on the Wikipedia uh, page of Shaking Stevens and the Sunsets, Anglin's name's there. Although he used to joke about it, no, he he, he had a pedigree, and uh, you know it, that clearly showed. I last saw Anglin at any, um, you know, just to talk to properly when uh, my wife Debbie and uh, we sat down with Anglin and his wife Jenny at a birthday party at the end of last year. And you can see he was clearly quite frail at the time and, uh, you know, he wasn't quite himself, but he still had that wicked sense of humour and he was was definitely not going to let that illness get him down and... uh, He was just, uh, you know, always on top of things and, uh, wow, what a man. Anyway, it was a it was a huge privilege to have known Anglin, and uh, our thoughts they go out to Jenny and all the family, and uh, it goes without saying he'll be hugely missed. Thank you. and pretty soon after meeting each other we started working together started doing some songs together Dave Sale at the uh, folk club underneath uh, the Grasmere Hotel uh, introduced us um, all those years ago yeah I think the um, the first song I ever uh, performed with Anglin was Easy Like a Sunday Morning and it was pretty much a, sta- a staple of our repertoire for a number of years after that I just thought he was amazing. He, he was a really fantastic piano player, self-taught, so funky, um, but also sensitive, like he proper, properly musical. Um, but also I would say that meeting Anglin was the beginning of my musical education. 
Up until that point, I'd really just listened to the radio, uh, which is no mean thing. Um, you know, 60s, 70s, it was pretty good um, music um, coming out of those speakers at the time. But Anglin, Anglin had a real depth and a, just a great taste in music, so he introduced me to Joni Mitchell. Just before our love got lost, you said I am as constant as a northern star, and I said he introduced me to Bonnie Raitt. He introduced me to Weather Report, to uh, Lowell George. Oh, God, just uh, so much and so much quality. I, I remember spending many a wonderful night with him and Jenny in their various flats around Douglas um, that were just magical, absolute magic for me. He had a huge impact on my life, on my music, on, on my humanity, on my sense of connection. Uh, we were in a band together, so we did some duo work really early on and then we hooked up with Mike Williams and we were a, a trio for um, a couple of summers and it was just great. We used to play at the Central every Sunday night um, down on Broadway. We were called Shy Talk um, and one of the highlights of the set with uh, with Mike was, um, was Big Leg Emma, uh, which just always made me laugh. It was great. It was out one of Anglin, Anglin's starring roles. And then we were also, the three of us were in um, Chris with a K and the Rocking Dance sets, um, which was uh, Phil Madrill, George, Jumping George, Charlie on bass and then and then Stu Steptoe. Oh, it was just, it was fantastic. And what I do also remember is that Anglin and I, Anglin was the only one with the car and we used to rehearse um, in... I think it, it used to be called the Punch and Judy, and it was a cafe uh, right on the um, on Broadway. You know, you have to go up a load of steps. Anyway, we, he and I would hump the gear up into this cafe. His Fender Rhodes piano, um, sat it all up. We do a rehearsal, and then the following day, he and I would also take the gear down and stick it in his two CV. <laughs> the starter motor um, was kaput, so we'd get it all in there. Every every bit of the PA and his um, and his piano, and a couple of guitars. Anyway, loads of stuff in this one little tiny little jalopy of a car, and then I would have to uh, push it to start it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, it was yeah. Anyway, it, it we had some amazing times. And and then I left. I managed to get a gig at Piccadilly Radio in Manchester. And I came back with a trio a number of years later with Howard Lees and Rory McFarlane on bass, um, Howard Lees on guitar, and we played the Gaiety. And it was a great night, but what was fantastic was that Anglin had the foresight to record it onto DAT, um, and he was mixing that evening. So it went straight down to DAT. It was such a great recording that we put it out as a CD. Sleepy diesel lights. Volcanoes rumble in the taxi. And that was in 
was 1994. In 1996, I came back to the island with um, Chris Wilde, Julie Matthews, Helen Watson and Melanie Harold, um, the beginning of Daphne's Flight, and we recorded our very first album at uh, Dave McLean's wonderful studio, the big rooms in Kurt Michael, and Anglin was our engineer. Um, and he was such an intrinsic part of the whole experience that uh, we invited him to be our sound, sound man on that amazing tour all those years ago, 1996. Of my life, how come I never do what I'm supposed to do? How come everything I try to do never turns out I never thought I'd see the day. It was such a life force and creating, it, it was so creative in the studio, very patient. He was so patient with us all. And we had the best time making that album. And 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 it's a testament really to him and to his patience. And, and, to his and he was one of Christine's best friends. And mm. so we really feel for Christine at the moment. It was definitely a Daphne. He was a Daphne. Oh yeah, and he came on tour with us. Yeah, so, did. <laughs> We bonded with him so much, we invited him on tour with us for that first tour we did um, in 1996, was it? Yes. Yeah, we were only looking at photographs of the minibus broke down. Do you remember? Yes, minibus? yes. yes. And all five of us, it was the very, very first time we'd ever worked together. And we had to spend, really, spent a lot of time together on the Isle of Man. Anytime he goes away um, and later that same year, I did my very first studio album as a solo artist, um, and we brought Anglin over to London to engineer that as well. You know, big, big experiences in my life uh, that wouldn't have happened without him. He's, he was just great. He was just really, really wonderful. Um, uh, yeah, miss him like crazy. Anytime he goes away Hi Christy, just wanted to say that just something wonderfully special about Anglin. He lit up the stage, he loved music so much and he always had a twinkle in his eye and you might only be an acquaintance but whenever he saw you he always made you feel like you were the best of friends. He's the loveliest family and my heart goes out to them. Jenny, just so warm and I think the thing that you noticed the most was how much they all loved each other and I know how much he's going to be missed. He was very, very special and definitely a legend. David Kilgallant, musician, composer and producer. And there have been so many heartfelt tributes uh, since Anglin passed away and I've been totally um, stuck for words, really, because he seems to mean so much for so many people. Uh, I knew Anglin from an early age, around 10, when I started taking interest in his sound desk in Crunyat, um, a festival held in a marquee in Ramsey. Um, and I was amazed at how calm he seemed about the flimsy guttering above his head and the fact that it was actually chucking it down outside. But it didn't take long before he um, took me under his wing as, um, as an assistant in those settings. Um, and that taught me a lot about sound and music, and we've been friends ever since. We shared a passion for the Joanna. Uh, he pretty much did everything by ear and that made a huge impression on me. Um, 
He really had a gift for encouraging musicians um, of all styles whilst cutting out the crap that sometimes comes with that. Uh, you know, he gave so many hours to uh, recording and encouraged um, all the wacky ideas of King Kiorly and uh, that we had and often working late um, and also to record the likes of my mother's Gaelic choir, Clogui Tui, um, and more recently um, Chronicles duo with um, a colleague of mine, Russell Gilmore. Um, and the thing was he would admit to knowing very little about each of those um, but he was so intrigued and inspired that he'd find a way to build our confidence and help bring it all to life in some way. He often talked about the raw sound of things and not to strive for perfection and capturing the vibe or the idea, the essence of what it, um, it was that you were trying to do in the first place. And that's always stuck with me. I'm eternally grateful for his words and support and I'll miss him dearly. I'd known Anglin from my teens onwards. He was just a permanent fixture in the Manx music scene from festivals like Encrinyacht and Shannon's Dew, Peel Trad Boat Weekend, gigs at the Craig Mallon, whether he was at the sound desk, having a beer at the bar or performing in band, he was just there. He was somebody who had a huge smile on his face and somebody you'd be really pleased to see. He was somebody who would make sure the night went well. But it's not until I started playing with Clash Boer that I realised how phenomenally talented he was. He'd be bouncing ideas around, improvising, he'd be referencing this massive musical library that he had in his brain, and he'd be having great fun, and his solos would soar off onto the stratosphere, so much so that the rest of us wouldn't want to come back in with the next bit of the song because we just wanted that to go on forever. Um, but most of all, we'll remember a fabulous, modest, funny, clever man, and we send so much love to Jen and his family.
about angling so i'm a bit loath to talk about myself but the truth is that angling had a profound influence on the course of my life the first band i ever joined was with angling this was in the mid 70s when i was still at school and when i left school i went to the university of angling in panath where we had a band also featuring local legend jerry christian life in archer road was a bit of an eye-opener to this island boy with a bunch of lads the lovely jen and occasional excursions with Jerry Carter, who was at a real university. Suffice to say, there was much fun to be had. The band was called Chris Nerdin's Lead Boots, and we rehearsed religiously every week in a local scout hut for the best part of a year, putting together a set of rock covers, until we eventually played our first gig. The band then promptly split up. This was my introduction to the world of rock and roll. Amongst the many tales of the time, two events spring to mind. 
curiously both involving multi-storey car parks. When I first went across on the boat as a foot passenger, handballing my enormous drum kit in homemade wooden cases, the lads picked me up in the battered old transit van. They wanted to go into town, and the multi-storey car park they chose to go in required driving up a very long entry ramp, which we did, only to get the van jammed in the entranceway. Cue some frantic traffic management as we had to back a queue of cars back off the ramp into the busy street. We got away with it though, but this was surely a sign of how things were going to be. On another occasion, we managed to get tickets to see the band Weather Report at the Colston Hall in Bristol, and running late as usual, we parked in a multi-storey near the hall. Rushing to the lift, Chris, a gentle giant of a man at 27 stone, was last to pile in, whereupon we heard an ominous clunk as the lift became detached from its rails, delaying our already late arrival at the much-anticipated gig. Tensions were running high, but Anglin, as ever, only saw the funny side. I'm very lucky to have known and played with Anglin and Simon a lot over the last 45 years, and I'll miss them both. Hi Christy, it's Dave McLean from Peel here. I'd just like to say at the beginning how much I'm thinking of Jen and the children and Anglin's brothers and sisters at this time. I'm not one of Anglin's oldest friends. I wish I was, as I would then have even more wonderful memories to cherish. Nonetheless, we've been in bands together on and off now for over 30 years and sharing very much the same taste in music and pubs all that time. Anglin will be very fondly remembered by thousands of people and his legacy both on the island and in Wales will be massive. That's no exaggeration as he touched so many people in so many ways. Most people think of him as a great piano player but he was also a really good bass player. He also used to dismiss his singing by saying that he wasn't a singer, just a vocalist. But there are many singers who'd be delighted to be able to carry a song as well as Anglin. Many people's special days wouldn't have been half so special without Anglin's input, and many pubs have been brightened up by one or another of his many bands. I remember we once had 110 people in the Iron Pier, which was a pub about the size of your average living room. He was a brilliant sound engineer, and I saw him work his magic both in my studio and on countless gigs. Not only could he make people sound good, but he'd always make them feel great about themselves. He had as much time for a 14-year-old folk musician doing his or her first gig as Senegus Jew as some big star while he was working as house engineer at the Villa Marina. He was endlessly patient and endlessly kind to one and all. And in a business where large egos are the norm, Anglin genuinely just did the job always with his never-ending good humour and humility. We had several trips across to see bands as he was a huge music fan as well as a player. Particularly brilliant was seeing Dr John and Steely Dan and also a great evening celebrating the life of Jim Capaldi with uh, Pete Townsend, Steve Winwood, Joe Walsh, Paul Weller, Cat Stevens, all sorts of people. 
I'll miss him especially because of the hundreds of Wednesday nights I and many others spent with him talking about music down in the White House here in Peel. They got music, it's always playing. Start in the daytime, go all through the night. When you hear that music playing, hear what I'm saying, it make you feel alright. But the most important legacy he'll leave behind, though, has nothing to do with music. For me, he epitomised the word gentleman, when that word's been devalued so much these days. He taught many, many people, including me, a lot about generosity and caring. Benjamin Franklin said, we get old too soon and wise too late. But Anglin was always wise. Certainly by the time I met him, he understood the way the world worked, but he never became cynical. Well, well not too much, anyway. His generosity was legendary. It's a miracle he stayed in business because he did so much work free or at a ludicrously low price. I've never known him say no to anyone and he often took on so many jobs he'd be flying around the island trying to fit them all in. Along with this, he was one of the funniest men to be around. His fund of stories was inexhaustible and I'm sure every one of his many friends will have their own favourites. I like the one about when he was playing with the Sunsets. Uh, they arrived at a large hall in Cardiff with a lovely grand piano on the floor. Anglin fancied playing this piano and asked the band to help him lift it up onto the stage. As they were doing that, they heard this huge crunch just as the stage manager arrived and they'd broken off the pedals. You've wrecked my piano, the manager shouted, but Anglin, calm as ever, just said, oh, it's all right, I don't use the pedals. The sun won't shine half as brightly for me and the countless other people he touched. We'll miss him beyond words. Such a night. You're such a night.
friend Jim. Here I am, stealing you away from him. Oh, but if I don't do it, you know somebody else will. If I don't do it, you know somebody else will. If I don't do it, you know somebody else will. Hi everybody, I'm Bryn from Mad Dog. I first met Anglin in the mid-90s. We were employed by Suzuki for TT to do some gigs. The plane touched down at Ronald's Way and a guy with a Welsh accent in a Suzuki bus met us. He said his name was Anglin. It turned out to be the start of a long friendship and a musical collaboration. It turns out he was the sound man at Suzuki Village and what a sound man. A couple of days later, it turned out he was a pianist, and what a pianist. It wasn't long before we thought it would be a good idea to ask him to play some gigs with us. Everyone who saw Mad Dog at TT when Anglin was on piano will remember what a fantastic player and showman he was. Anglin also came this side of the water to do some gigs with us. One of the first gigs he played with us off the island was at Barrow in Furness, where we were impressed with his ability to get the best sound out of our equipment in a tiny room where he'd been asked to play. He did this by putting the speakers as close together as he could and at 45 degrees to each other. This became a standing joke with the band for years and became known as the Buttymore configuration. I'll always remember a gig at Maryport Blues Festival. We'd been playing all weekend and angling had been whipping the crowd into a frenzy with his solos. It was the last gig on the Sunday and we'd had a great crowd. It was wall to wall. We were playing on a spit and sawdust pub floor when the inevitable happened. One of the punters tipped beer into the monitor speaker on the floor. As I turned in a panic, I saw Anglin adjusting the sliders on the desk with one hand and finishing his piano solo with the other. This was truly testament to the man's professionalism and cool head under pressure. All the days we later went on to record an album with Anglin at the Crag Mallon in Peel. Not only was he the pianist, he was also the engineer and the producer. Further testament to his limitless sonic talent. This is his favourite track off the album. It's called Old Black Joe. Gone to set the keys alight at that great gig in the sky. R.I.P. Anglin.
Hi, Christy. Thanks very much for letting me uh, have a few words about Anglin. Uh, he's always been a constant, um, particularly in the music scene. And I think my first memory is probably going back to very early days of the Galaxy Blues Festival, walking walking into the pavilion room and uh, seeing this cool, calm geezer at the back with a very unfashionable denim shirt and glasses always on the top of his head. Um, the thing with Anglin, he loved everything to do with live music. Um, the sound had to be right and he was prepared to put the hours in and his support with all the local bands is, well, it speaks volumes listening to all the chaps who've got uh, so much to praise for him. Um, I know that whenever I walked into a room of a gig and I looked to the back to see who was on the desk, if Anglin was on, you knew you were in safe hands and you were definitely going to get a good show. Um, Triscoll and uh, Anglin worked uh, quite a few times in the early 2000s, uh, but I wish I'd been around uh, in those um, heady days of the Craig Mallon summers, uh, which uh, I believe were very, very special, and um, I, I would have loved to have uh, been there and enjoyed that. I'll keep this brief, which is unusual. I just want to pass my love and thoughts with uh, over to Jenny, Jesse, Will and Dan. And uh, really just to say, Anglin, thank you so much for the music, but more importantly, your friendship. And uh, I just want to uh, push this song that for me really just, I don't know, it just encapsulates everything about uh, Anglin. Um, if, uh, if you are able to play it, uh, it's a Nina Simone classic. Wish I knew how it would feel to be free. Thanks very much. And uh, yeah. Take care, uh, Anglin. That's the usual uh, quote of the great gig in the sky has just um, got their sound man. I wish I knew how it would feel to be free I wish I could break all the chains holding me I wish I could say all the things that I should say Say I'm loud, say I'm clear For the whole round world to hear I wish I could share All the love that's in my heart Remove all the bars That keep us apart I wish you could know What it means to be me Then you'd see and agree that every man should be free I wish I could give all I'm longing to give I wish I could live like I'm longing to live I wish I could do all 
and I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. You heard the voices there of Martin Brunschweiler, Christine Collister, Sue Griffiths, David Kilgallen, Brisha Madrill, Danny Neal, Dave McLean, Bryn Davis and Lenny Conroy. You also heard Anglin himself playing and singing in a number of bands, including the Bartoads, Mad Dog Davis Band and Clash 4. And there was music as well from Joni Mitchell, Daphne's Flight, the Christine Collister Trio, Mad Dog Davis Band, King Culey, Steely Dan, Dr John and, of course, Nina Simone that you just heard, amongst others. Obviously, it doesn't begin to touch the surface of all those he worked with and was friends with, but hopefully it gives you some idea of the man that Anglin Buttermore was. That tribute is dedicated to Jenny, William, Daniel, Jessica and the whole family. Anglin, we love and miss you, fella. And just time to say hello to Paulie McGee, who's listening to the tributes and was in a band with Anglin in the early 90s called Spectrum. Uh, What a talent and such a humble guy. We used to practice in Ramsey every week, she says. I got married last September and Anglin turned up with his son Dan to help with the sound. My heart goes out to Jen and the family. He will forever be in all our hearts.